So the last shall be first and the first last. For many be called, but few chosen. You don't always have to be the first. And just because you are, does not mean you are the best. Stick around and I'll explain why. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of the In Right Standing podcast, a podcast for the unique, the peculiar, and the chosen who want to live right and be in right standing with life, themselves, and with others. I'm your host, Jada Cofield. Jesus speaks this parable regarding laborers in the vineyard. The first laborers felt they deserved more money or reward because they were the first to start working and put in more time. However, Jesus explains in this parable that the laborers agree to one penny for the work completed in one day and not the time it took to complete the work for the day. It is the good man's money and his vineyard, and he can reward how he so sees fit. The good man told all the laborers, I will do what is right to you. And he found it right to pay everyone the same. To me, this is human nature at its finest, thinking we deserve more because we did more or put in more time. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more, and they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good man of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and the heat of the day." The first laborers ended up being the most entitled, least compassionate, and blinded to the fact they worked in a good man's field an entire day and didn't even recognize he was a good man. They missed Jesus. They didn't recognize him nor his grace and mercy towards others. Working for him and knowing him are two different things, hence why many be called but few chosen. You can work in ministry, for a ministry, have a ministry, and be called to ministry, but that does not mean you are recognized by him, nor does he know you. For only the pure at heart shall see God. I remember back in the first grade, it was St. Patrick's Day, and during recess, our teacher said she would give us five minutes to find a four-leaf clover, and if we did, she would give us four jelly beans. If after the five minutes were up and you did not find one, you could continue with your recess. Well, the five minutes was up, and I was determined to find a four-leaf clover, and a few other students stayed behind, but after a while, they were overtaken with the desire to play and eventually gave up. I 
ended up searching my entire recess time and I finally found one. I was so excited because I was going to get more than four jelly beans because I sacrificed. I showed tenacity and willpower over play. I brought my four leaf clover to her and she looked at me and she reached into her teacher's smock and she handed me four jelly beans. She said nothing and she blew her whistle for us all to line up and get back to class. At first, I was insulted. Why didn't she praise me? Why didn't she give me more? I sacrificed my recess. I'm so glad my first grade teacher did what she did because when I read this scripture, I understand. Through this experience and many others, the Lord was teaching me just because you do something alone, Jada, and people quit on you, or you fall on hard times, or you struggle, you're bigger, been doing it longer, or even better, Jada, it doesn't mean you deserve more or better than the other. Furthermore, when we start something, we normally agree to the reward, just like the first laborers agreed to one penny for the work. It's not until we start doing it, we feel underappreciated or realize maybe we agreed too quickly and did not count the cost. What God has said in the kingdom for reward is his doing. And we don't get to manipulate the outcome or demand more because we feel I've done more, put in more time or better than the other or the I was here first syndrome. I was listening to an interview conducted a few months back with a very well-known female preacher. She revealed that she was disappointed because she didn't get chosen to speak at this specific conference during the pandemic. And she saw her friends on the roster and she knew the host. Then she went on to question God about why these other speakers were chosen. They don't have as nearly as many accomplishments as I do. They don't even have as many followers as I do. And when I heard that, I was like, <gasps> because I knew, okay, this is unhealthy. And that's a form of brain damage, or to put it more nicely, a broken consciousness. Then I felt very sad for her because I said, that is also possibly a father issue. When you have not been affirmed or a broken soul, you divert to this type of thinking easily. Think it is normal rationalizing and that everybody or other women think like you or this way. Not all women compare themselves to that degree. Shortly after my thought about the father issue, she then confirmed what I was thinking. She revealed that she was a prime statistical candidate to be a failure in life because she did not have a father. She grew up in poverty and was sexually abused as a child. However, through it all, she did beat the odds and she is a well-known speaker and works for one of the top companies in the nation. She then explained that God began to take her on a deeper journey during the pandemic to help her uh, heal her deep-rooted insecurity, extreme low self-esteem, comparison syndrome, not feeling good enough, and abandonment issues brought on by not being chosen for this conference and a result of unresolved childhood issues. At the time of the conference, she wanted to be first. 
But now the question was, but are you at your best inwardly to be chosen? I've seen a lot of women like her, and unlike this speaker, they have not gotten healed. I have heard them preach from the brokenness and make it sound like it's normal. We all do it. We all compare and think as such. However, they're really missing the root cause of a poor mindset they have adopted as normal. In other words, they justify their sin of covetousness, envy, and jealousy. Listen, pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct, Galatians 6 and 4. When we look at another woman in our same field or vocation and you start to think, how did they get that? And they don't even have this. I've been doing this and that. And how come I'm not invited or they don't even speak half as good or whatever, whatever you start to think. That's not normal or healthy thinking. Every woman does not think that way, but broken women do. And again, assume other women do, too. Here's a quote, the moment you feel you're better than someone else, you're finished. Gary Vaynerchuk. If you remember in my extreme competition podcast, I mentioned when we would play games with my father, he used to always say, you never win because you are always trying to beat me. A few months ago, I dreamt I had been invited to speak at an event along with another well-known speaker in the dream. The speaking engagement was at a movie theater or like a cinema. While I was walking in the dream to the actual theater room where I would be speaking, there was a huge billboard of the other speaker on the wall on the hallway of the theater. Bigger than a normal inside movie poster and looked more like a, it was like a billboard. I thought it was very odd for indoors and wondered why they felt necessary to put up a billboard inside when the event was already taking place and those who knew we were speaking were already there and ready to listen. Then I woke up. I journaled the dream and I specifically journaled, this person wants to be first. Then about a month later in Waking Life, I came across a short clip of Dr. Miles Monroe speaking on an excellent spirit. And he said, excellent people do not try to be first. They try to be excellent. Therefore, first you should be the best and therefore you will be first. And when I heard it, It made me think of my dream again and I reverted back to my journal and I began to put the pieces together what I believe the Father was sharing along with the scripture we opened with at the beginning of this podcast. What I perceived about the dream was not wrong and it was not only a warning to the person speaking, but I believe something for us as women to consider in our pursuit and walk through and in life. Basically, there are some women that deep in their heart of hearts, 
They want to be the first, the first to be on TV, the first to sign a brand deal, the first in the group to ascend to a huge platform, to be in a movie, the first to be a multimillionaire, the first to be a famous preacher, first to be featured on the cover of a major magazine, first to win an award, the first to be married, the first to sell out huge arenas, the first to have a number one bookseller or whatever that desire of first is. Striving to be the first is dangerous, is exhausting, and can bring you to your ruin. Just like when the first of a new product, device, or car model comes out, it's not always the best. The first model is usually the one that companies use to get the consumer to buy and help them work out all the kinks. The second generation or edition is almost always better than the first. What about all the people who won first place on American Idol? And we've never heard or seen of them again. Many who later even spoke out about the horrific contracts they were under in the first year. Denise Armstrong is a personal friend of mine and the actress who was the grandmother in the movie Overcomer. She was the last person on the audition list that day. They told her when she got to the audition... Her name was not on the list, even though she had an invitation, and that she'd have to wait to be seen until the end of the day. She'll even tell you she was not their first choice for the part, but she did her best and got the part. I like people who are last. Last ones are the chosen ones first. The world's way will always be first place, dominate, and compete. God's way is patience, last place, collaborate, and he will eventually elevate. Striving for first place will never give you the lenses of an excellent spirit. Here's a list of some understanding I have of an excellent spirit. And number one, an excellent spirit does what is best first. People with an excellent spirit get it right the first time, meaning they don't just put anything out there or do things subpar, then backtrack. There is a grace for those who can't do things right or make mistakes. However, but first, but a person with an excellent spirit has studied to show themselves approved and what they present first is their best. It's who they are, how they are made. They don't make excuses for what they don't have or didn't have access to. Their lack is probably not even mentioned and if so, only a testimony to show God's mercy and how he blessed them with witty inventions. My second understanding of an excellent spirit is a person with an excellent spirit excels in minimalistic conditions and will often deny themselves the first of something so they can create the best from a more organic and authentic place. We find Daniel would deny and refuse what was given first to him, either as nourishment or reward. His denial created a purity and clarity that would not come from accepting the first offer. Are you hearing me? Are we together? Daniel was a true creative. David didn't want Saul's armor, that which was offered first. There's a term used amongst us as entrepreneurs, and it's called being scrappy. It means building with little or stretching all your resources by making the best use of what you have. Amen. So true. 
Your talent and how you choose to multiply it is up to you. My third understanding of an excellent spirit is an excellent spirit does not complain of what it does not have or did not have to excel. Daniel chose to eat a restricted diet. That is what it took so that they could excel above the others. The late Queen of England used to say, we don't complain and we do not explain. When Jesus faced his own suffering and death, Jesus remained faithful to his call, trusting in the power of God to vindicate him. Your time at something does not equal your reward on earth. What you do with your time does. Jesus again is yet a perfect example. 33 years on earth, three in full-time ministry if you have it. Time on earth is a very limited time and time is given to us humans as a boundary and order to our days. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow on keeping his promise as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God is not bound by our time with his promises. How easily we forget that part of the fruit of the spirit is long suffering, a message no one wants to hear, live out, or even admit to. It is a part of being in the good man's vineyard, and you may at times come out with a penny. Now you can rebuke that all you want and say, that's not my portion. May we never suffer. But this is the word in plain text. We keep raising up a weak, like Manal, click and order, swipe right generation. You have to learn to walk life out with long suffering. It's part of the impartation of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is an excellent spirit. Are you hearing me? Are we together? My fourth understanding of an excellent spirit is an excellent spirit is often the one and the way who the majority will not choose. An excellent spirit is in the minority, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. My fifth understanding of an excellent spirit is an excellent spirit does not copy. It is an original and extremely authentic to the point a person with an excellent spirit. Authenticity is actually offensive. Jesus, Esther and Mordecai, Moses, David, all people who were chosen, but people didn't necessarily agree with because of their authenticity or who they were. They were unique, peculiar, and then chosen. Haman, hated Jews. Pharaoh refused Moses' authority. And we know the story of Christ, the chief cornerstone, the builders rejected. Nothing is wrong with being the first. The problem lies when your desire is to strive only for that place with the mindset you are entitled to it because of who you are what you've done or how much better you believe your performance to be or how much you've suffered. I come from a family of first. My grandmother was the first black woman to graduate from her university and one of the first black female principals in the nation. Our family has one of the first black lawyers to rise to national fame. Two high school founders, nine doctors, one pharmaceutical doctor, all first of their kind. You have or are a 
first. You're the first to graduate college, first to make more than minimum wage, first to buy a house, and the list goes on. But my family, and even you, I'm sure and hope, we're not trying to be first. You wanted to do your best. Therefore, you were first, an excellent spirit. For as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge, and understanding, interpreting of dreams, and shewing of hard sentences, and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel, whom the king named Belthasar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will shew the interpretation. Daniel 5 and 12. When we, when you have an excellent spirit, you most likely have knowledge, understanding. You can interpret dreams or mysteries and shew hard sentences, riddles, parables, and dissolve doubts in the field you are in. My sixth understanding of an excellent spirit is an excellent spirit means you are filled with the spirit of God. You have divine intelligence and ability. Your insight is highly regarded. My seventh understanding of an excellent spirit, an excellent spirit has a specific diet. <laughs> David, Daniel did not eat what others ate. Isn't it amazing that this type of clarity and keenness of spirit required a disciplined guard over what went in the mouth? I've shared with you repeatedly that you must eat right. It's imperative, and I will always continue to do so. An excellent spirit or the spirit of God requires keenness and sharpness that can only be brought about by a healthy diet. LeBron James and Tom Brady spend millions of dollars upward a year on their body and diet alone. Why are we as Christians some of the worst in this area? Jesus lived a Mediterranean diet lifestyle, if you would, and walked half of the Mesopotamia and Israel. You, my friend, will circle a parking lot for 10 minutes just to get a spot by the door. Are you kidding me? Are you hearing me? Are we together? When you're not feeling your best, you cannot and do not always give your best an excellent spirit. You cannot tell me you're a woman minister for more than five years in the gospel and God has not spoken to you about your diet. You're letting me know you have no self-control. Your fruit of the spirit is underdeveloped. This includes female gospel singers. We must do better. On another note, here is something for my culinary experts, Triple A Diamond and Michelin Star patrons. And a top tier chef curated five course meal and above, you are usually first offered an amuse bouche. An amuse bouche is not on the menu, but is served to you by the chef free of charge. The purpose of an amouche bouche is this chef giving you a first taste into what it is to come that evening on your culinary journey with him. The term amouse bouche is French and it means mouth amuser. It is usually very whimsical in its design. It's a first-hand taste of what's to come. It's the chef being cheeky with his patrons and showcasing his most amusing creation to prepare one's palate in the way forward. In other words, an amuse bouche is the best of the entire meal and the chef's ability in one moment. 
You can base whether you're going to enjoy the chef's table often from the mousse bouche. Chefs who can capture it all in one are deemed some of the best in the world and often deems them the coveted award of Michelin star. Mm. Esther was not King Xerxes' first wife. She was the last. Esther was chosen first of the new women because she presented her best. She was the best wife for the king and the kingdom and its way forward. Vashti, the first wife, caused great concern among the men and elders because they did not want their wives emulating her behavior nor her disobedience. Vashti's example of first was what was to come of her future reign and its destruction to the kingdom further. First is always the forerunner, but it is not always what or who people remember. Our blessing or our daily wage is not predicated on how much time we put in or if we were first, but more so, what did we do and did we do our best with what we were given and told to do? One of my mentors was beautiful, extremely smart. When she walked into a room, she would just shift the atmosphere. A real lady. She always spoke of the grace of God, his goodness, and her example was admired by many. One day while we were just talking and I asked her, I was like, Robin, so where are you from? And she told me she was born in Chicago and raised in Capriti Green. I said, excuse me, what? For those of you who don't know, Caprini Green is and was one of the worst and most notorious public high-rising projects in America in Chicago that housed 15,000 people. They were infested with crime of all sorts. They would have sniping shootouts with the police for days from the rooftop. If you had an emergency of any sorts, they would not come to help you. It was like an American Beirut it was later condemned and torn down because of the atrocities committed there. Nobody even knew this and could not believe this about Robin. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? I'm not saying don't share your testimony, but if the emphasis is on what happened instead of the transformation you made and you went through, you may need to reconsider. It is, is it really a testimony? Are you trying to prove you should be first and meant to speak? Robin truly led her life before us as an example, and she very rarely had to even speak about what she had been through or was even going through. When was the last time you admired a woman's walk, her revelation, her transformation by her testimony, her beauty and holiness, her lifestyle, instead of admiring her sense of fashion and how she brings the word? That's a bonus. A Titus 2 woman, as for you, teach the things that are in agreement with sound doctrine, which produces men and women of good character, whose lifestyles identify them as true Christians. Older women similarly are to be reverent in their behavior. You're not malicious gossipers and not addicted to much wine, teaching that which is right and good so that they may encourage the young women to tend to be tenderly towards their husbands tenderly love their husbands and children to be sensible pure makers of a home where God is honored 
good natured, being subject to their own husbands so that the word of God will not be dishonored. There are a lot of women ministries and panels and platforms and podcasts. But are we being reminded in the midst of the conversation to teach the younger women sound doctrine? Or is it just chit chat? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Relatability might get you the numbers in the audience, but that does not mean they are getting delivered nor set free. When you are relatable, you're drawing after your own kind. There's no power in that. In other words, who you are ministering to is just like you. We've reproduced a generation of people that is drawn by likes and relatability and not the power of the gospel, salvation, and true transformation. Also, as a woman minister of the gospel and woman, you should never project what your experience is or was onto another woman and even your thought process. Sadly, I've met many dynamic women only to find they think I have the same issues as they do or made the same mistakes as they did. Trying to be relatable or even compare our struggle or pain instead of sharing how the gospel redeemed us. Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. We should be doing the same, ladies. Women preachers wanting to be likable, relatable, and first. My eighth understanding of an excellent spirit when I was growing up, my father did not allow us to be a part of things and organizations that either didn't feed us or treat us well. He would pull us out quickly. An excellent spirit will make a clear demarcation between first and best quickly. When the children of Israel started to look like the Babylonians and their light was dimming, God pulled them out and up and out quickly. A person with an excellent spirit does not stay long in a messy or compromising situations. They will be delivered. Daniel separated, separated himself quickly and or refused that which went against his core belief system. An excellent spirit is willing to suffer the consequences or persecution. The ninth understanding I have of an excellent spirit is an excellent spirit demands its own excellence. Daniel required and set his own rules for what would bring him into greatness. The tenth understanding of an excellent spirit is an excellent spirit has no interest in competing. It is strictly motivated by an inward endowment of the spirit of God that drives them to bring forth the beauty of the kingdom and its understanding to others. An excellent spirit is self-disciplined by the Holy Spirit. The 11th understanding of an excellent spirit is an excellent spirit is a rebel with a cause. We usually break rules and formality, not to ruffle feathers deliberately, but an excellent spirit cannot function to its highest potential if they don't. My 12th and last understanding of an excellent spirit is a person who has an excellent spirit will never have to say, we do things in excellence around here. <laughs> an excellent spirit does not confuse presentation, ability, and pageantry with being excellent. 
Daniel did not care for the king's portion at all, which had the appearance of the world's way of excellence. Daniel went on his own path, didn't choose what was offered first, but what, but did what was best. Are you hearing me? Are we together? He didn't have to boast of his excellence. People could just see it. He always ended up on top. The UAE and Dubai has some of the best customer service and experiences you will ever experience in their country, their airlines and airports. Atlanta Hartsfield International Airport is the voted as the world's busiest and most efficient for its busyness, but it is not voted as the best. Busyness and efficiency do not always equate to a good customer experience. No American airport actually even makes the world's top 20 list for the best airports in the world. I was in the first class lounge in Qatar and it is considered one of the best first class lounges in the world, second to Oman's first class lounge. Amazing. The bathroom in these lounges alone makes our bathrooms look like porta parties. It's almost insulting. When I was walking out, this lady who was walking in was like, the bathroom. Marble, bamboo, fresh and real, real flowers, hand cloth towels and disposable baskets at each individual sink. Top of the line amenities of lotion and perfume. The bathroom alone smells better than outdoors. Excellence, my friend, doesn't have to tell you it's excellent. It just is. I end with this, Daniel 6 and 3. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other presidents and satraps because uh, an excellent spirit was in him and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. An excellent spirit is used of the Lord to distinguish you and I and place us over thrones on earth so we can help usher and lead people to righteousness through our example in leadership. Won't you ask the Holy Spirit today to place within thee an excellent spirit, a spirit yielded to the Holy Spirit so that you may show forth his wisdom and majesty and then you will be first. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the In Right Standing Podcast, a podcast for the very unique, the peculiar, excellent of spirit and the chosen who want to be right and at the end of the day, be in right standing with life themselves and most importantly, with our excellent God, Jesus Christ. Until next time, the Lord be with you. Bye! <laughs> Amen. <laughs>